0: Hello, and welcome back to the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast. This is your host, Michaela Mattis. This is episode two of the Pacific Northwest Showdown, and I'm excited to have you all back listening this week, as there is a lot of Pacific Northwest sports content to cover. There were so many games this weekend, the Seattle Storm, Seahawks, the Kraken, the Rain, the Sounders, the Mariners all played on Sunday, and I'm going to break down those games for you here during the showdown lowdown. I'm also really excited to start the new segment, the Hawkeye Analysis, and that's going to go ahead and be the segment where we break down all of the Seattle Seahawks football games, and that's going to be starting here this week. To start things off, we are going to read the Pacific Northwest Athlete Quote of the Week. I selected a quote from Sue Bird this week. She is the GOAT, the Legend, the Seattle Storm Leader. Um, just an incredible human being, a great basketball player. And the quote that I chose from Sue Bird is, the one thing you learn when you can step outside of your comfort zone and be uncomfortable is that you see what you are made of and who you are. I love this. And I can completely relate to it in many aspects of my personal life, not just sports related, right? So how can we all step outside of our comfort zone and how does that allow for us to get to know who we are as human beings and what we're made of? There's often times I think that we doubt ourselves or what we're capable of doing or we question our ability and many times on the outside people see our potential. So I encourage all of you to go out there and do something that makes you uncomfortable. And most recently for me, it was starting this podcast. I had considered it. I thought about how fun it would be to do a podcast about sports, something I'm very passionate about. And it required somebody to really encourage me. And I want to thank Steve and Chris when they asked me to join their Ball Hawks podcast, because they asked me, hey, Michaela, when are you getting started up with that podcast you were you were talking about? And to be honest, it hadn't really been on my mind all too much in the recent past And so when they brought that up, I was just like, you know what? I just got to do it. Um, So I encourage each of you to do something that's outside of your comfort zone and to see where it can take you. Um, So Sue Bird, the legendary Seattle Storm leader, thank you for being an inspiration. And I'm going to be talking about Sue Bird here in the next segment, The Showdown Lowdown. It is time for the Showdown Lowdown, your Pacific Northwest News Updates. The Seattle Storm season has come to an end after a nail-biting loss in overtime. The Storm lost 85-80 to against the Phoenix Mercury, and this game was an emotional loss for Seattle Storm legend Sue Bird as she nears the time in her career to consider retirement. In the post-game interviews, the crowd began to chant, one more year, as Sue Bird wiped away tears. It is safe to say that she still has a lot left to give to the game, her talent and leadership are unmatched on the court, though I'm sure she would humbly say otherwise. Sue Bird, you are the legend and you are the GOAT. We love you. The Seattle Mariners are now only one and a half games back in the AL wildcard race with six games left to play. After having an explosive offensive showing against the Athletics last night, winning the game 13-4, the Mariners came out with their 10th consecutive win against the Athletics. Mitch Hanniger had a monster game with two three-run home runs, bringing in six of the 13 runs batted in throughout the game. Pitcher Casey Sadler now has 25 consecutive games without allowing a run. This ties the franchise record with Shigitoshi Hasegawa. The Kraken had their very first preseason game as the new team in the NHL. They came away with a very exciting win over the Vancouver Canucks 5-3. They have their next preseason game tonight against the Edmonton Oilers at six o'clock. The Seattle Seahawks have continued to struggle coming away with a week three loss against the Minnesota Vikings. The defense had no answers for Kirk Cousins passing game, allowing 323 yards and three touchdown passes. The Seahawks need to figure out their cornerback situation as they prepare to play division rivals over the next 11 days. The Seahawks are currently last in the NFC West And although it's still early in the season, the next two weeks are crucial for the Seahawks to win. The Seattle Sounders won their match against the Sporting KC 2-1 on Sunday. Their next match is tomorrow at 7.30 against San Jose. That is your Pacific Northwest Showdown Lowdown and updates. So who is our Pacific Northwest Showdown Player of the Week this week? There are so many choices across the Pacific Northwest teams. But I'm going to have to go ahead and select Mitch Haniger with the Seattle Mariners. He had those two three-run home runs in last night's game against Athletics, and he's batted in 10 runs over the last seven games. I'm really excited to see how these next six games go. Again, we're only one and a half games back. I would love to see the Mariners make it to playoffs, and Mitch Haniger is a player that they can rely on to pull through in those situations. Great job, and MVP goes to Mitch Haniger. It is time for the Hawkeye analysis where I break down the Seattle Seahawks games each week. I'm going to start on defense because I do think that that is a main issue in regards to the Seahawks failing to find success in the last two weeks. The main issue continues to be the cornerback situation. Trey Flowers and DJ Reed are really struggling to cover their assignments and they're just getting completely run by and so many receptions off of Trey Flowers, who needs to be benched. I don't quite understand why they both played 100% of the snaps this week. They did not come out for a single play, and I don't understand why Coach Carroll or Ken Norton aren't putting out a different cornerback to even just give their starters rest To even see what they have in terms of personnel that they could put out there instead of those two individuals, or even move DJ Reed back to the right side and find somebody else to fill in the left side. I've been saying that for the last three weeks now, and it's time that they look into actually changing the player personnel in the field. They are not finding success with it. They got completely dominated last week, and guess who they play the next two weeks? They play the 49ers, and then they play the Rams, all within 11 days. So the Seahawks' defense really need to figure out where they're going wrong and fix it, and fix it fast. Because these next two games against division rivals are really crucial for our season. We are in a very dominant Division where we have the Cardinals, we have the Rams, we have the Niners, and right now we're at the very bottom in regards to wins and losses. I understand that it's just three weeks in, but these next two weeks are imperative to really seeing the trajectory of our season. We need to win those games. I'm really also concerned about the communication on the field for the defense. Trey Flowers kind of hinted at the fact that there's question marks and that they didn't quite understand some of the calls that were made defensively. So there needs to be a meeting. There 100% needs to be a players meeting with the coaches and the coordinators to to make sure that they're on the same page. If they're not on the same page, the defense is going to look just as awful as it did the last two weeks, and they really need to clean up the communication because – it's truly the foundation Defining success on a team is clear and effective communication on the field and situational circumstances. So that is something that they need to figure out. The other part of it is, is that Pete Carroll mentioned that they threw everything at them defensively. Why was there not an answer if you threw everything at them? What you didn't throw at them, though, is different cornerbacks to see how they would have done against the passing game. That's something else you could have thrown at them. So I'm just going to go ahead and call that out, that you didn't really throw everything at them because you didn't even sub out your cornerbacks who were just getting completely passed on. That is something I'm hoping to see change this next week is different player personnel. The other aspect of it is mental focus. The physical and mental conditioning to the game is such an important aspect to the players finding success on the field. Now, when you have a defense that was out there for about 13 minutes in the third quarter of the game and could not get off the field, that's really going to wear out that mental and physical focus that they would need to have just to be successful against a team that somehow, like, uh, they just continued to do well against us after the half. Where's the actual adjustments happening? And so um, the mental focus aspect, communication, the energy on the field, I just don't feel like this defense is hyped up. There, I feel like there's a lack of passion, that there's a lack of camaraderie, that there's a lack of trust on the field. They need to figure that out ASAP. I feel like everybody's kind of in their own little world. And something that I really missed from the Legion of Boom was that hype and energy level. They were hungry for the ball. Like you knew where those players were on the field and you felt scared. You felt their presence. And I don't Feel that from this defense. It feels slow and sluggish. And the only, you know, I, I can feel Bobby Wagner. I'm really like liking Daryl Taylor coming off the edge and Alton Robinson. But you need the whole team, the whole defense, to act as one single unit. And something I really liked that Marcus Truefant- font talked about last week was how the defense is supposed to move kind of on the string where if you're moving from one side of the field, the, the defense is supposed to move cohesively in the field with one another. What does that require? Communication and knowing your assignments and knowing your, the play, being able to read the play. I felt like we really missed K.J. Wright's presence on the field with all the screens. You know, Bobby Wagner, I believe blew up one screen, which was awesome. But we're really missing KJ Wright's leadership there in the middle of the field with, with Bobby Wagner. And it makes me wonder how important of a teammate he was to have on that defense to get them going. Um, so that's my, you know, brief analysis on the defense. But I'm ready to see different cornerbacks out there. Because let's be honest, they can't be any worse than what's already out there. Our cornerbacks aren't making stops. Our cornerbacks aren't um, staying on their guys. So that's the breakdown of the defense. Let's shift over to the offense. Russell Wilson looks... Pretty good. I mean, he's not turning over the ball. He's keeping, he's making smart decisions. We're struggling to sustain drives though. So I don't know if that's a play call situation. I do notice that he's struggling to hit his targets on crucial downs. He kind of overthrew Freddie Swain there, which would have been a third down conversion there near the end of the game. That was important. Same with last week, right? So in the overtime drive, he failed to hit some of his targets with his throws or his decisions on his throws. So outside of him overall looking good because Russell Wilson is great, it's some of those crucial downs that I'm noticing that either the play call was maybe not the best one to call or that he, he's failing to hit his targets in those high-pressure situations. That being said, I felt like the offensive line was collapsing quite a bit around him. Um, I don't feel like he had much time. I felt like he was scrambling a lot. And I know that we're, you know, we kind of got down to our third string right tackle because Brandon shell is out. And then they had Jamarco Jones in there who started having a stomach bug. So they put in Jake Curhan, and, you know, I think Russell said he did a pretty good job, but our offensive line is still struggling and they didn't, you know, figure out the center position over in the offseason. That's the same issue that they did with the cornerback situation. And I'm just sitting here waiting for news that they're making moves to adjust for those those positions or to fill those needs. And I'm just, I don't know how long how much longer I can have hope in that. I know John Schneider typically will make his moves kind of midseason right as that Trade cutoff deadline looms and comes along. Um, So we'll see in that regard. But the offensive line, I feel, is still like continuing to struggle quite a bit. DK Metcalf's game, the first half the game, I was so excited seeing him get open and get those catches. And I'm so sad that the second half we could not sustain an offensive drive because DK Metcalf could have had a huge game. He was showing out the first half. We were all kind of waiting for that through the first couple games. So I'm hoping that they continue to figure out what's going on offensively, especially in the second half of games, because it, like, what's happening in the second half of games? It's just the first half they come out hot. Usually, like in the seasons prior, it was that they were second half strong and not necessarily first half, but now we're seeing the opposite. But the issue being... Is that our defense is out there the whole second half of a game, and that's allowing other teams to just to pull out the win. All right, Lockett. If you if any of you saw the photos or the videos of Lockett's catch and kind of like the twist of his ankle um, or his leg. And he was down on the field. It scared everybody. And seeing the video footage of his team all coming around, the defensive, the offensive teammates coming out there, kneeling around him, it just really did show how much respect he has from the team um, that he plays for. And luckily, he did come back out on the field later on in the game for another offensive drive. So we think he's good, but that still scares you a lot, you know, um, because we 100% need Lockett and he's been our argu- arguably one of our best players on the team to start the season. So to only be three games in and to see him almost get like seriously injured was not a good feeling at all. So this week, we will probably get Dwayne Eskridge back from his concussion. If I see a drastic shift again in the offense, just having Eskridge in with Shane Waldron's offense, number one, of course, I would be excited because I want to see lots of misdirection, you know, quick up tempo, -tempo, you know, offense of drives. But I'm also going to be a little salty that if like, why not continue to do that even without him? So I'm 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 interested to see how the offense looks having Dwayne Eskridge back out there on the field and how quickly their offense goes tempo wise. Now something that they did bring back out in this specific game was that the tight ends were on the field a lot more often than they were in week 2. But again, in the second half of the game, our offense just could not get anything going at all. That being said, I'm going to this analysis I'm going to end With Chris Carson's incredible 30-yard touchdown, he went untouched on that run. It was so beautiful to watch. I was so hyped. I was so excited. And to me, that was my favorite play of the Seahawks game on Sunday. We need to do so much between now and our next game against the Niners to prepare to dominate a division rival and then to be able to come back out and play the Rams who honestly look so good. I I don't want to give them the credit, but they look really good. So, um, the Seahawks have work to do. That is my Hawkeye analysis for the week. And we hope that we see something different next week because I want to have a lot more positives to say two weeks in a row, it's been a struggle, um, focusing on how awful they have been defensively. So here's to hoping for next week. Thank you for listening to the Hawkeye Analysis. This is your Pacific Northwest Showdown mailbag segment. And I'm really excited about the questions you all asked this week because they are going to be a lot of fun to discuss. All right, so the first question I was asked was from Brittany Mattis, who is my lovely and incredible sister. And her question for me was, which of the Seattle sports team's logos is my favorite? Although the Pacific Northwest has so many incredible logos to choose from, it was actually a very hard decision. I'm going to select the Seattle Storms logo. It has an iconic space needle, while it also incorporates the basketball court and a lightning bolt to really represent what the Seattle Storm is. So the Seattle Storm comes away with a win for me on the logo. What's all of your favorite logos in the Seattle sports arena? All right. So question number two comes from at Kate Skies on Twitter, who is also known as my wife. And Kate asked, this is a fun one which Marvel character would you add to the Seahawks to help them get more wins? So I decided to put this up to a poll to see what all of your thoughts are on which Marvel character would you select to be on the Seattle's team to help win more games. The choices you can only choose for when you do a poll on Twitter. So there was probably a lot of other great choices you could have selected from, but here's the choices I put out there. Captain America... Black Panther, Thor, and Doctor Strange. So the results that I had this morning was 47% of the vote went to Black Panther. And so Black Panther is the winner. And I want to do a special shout out to at Momentum Moshe for highlighting that the Black Panther is the clear winner as Chadwick Boseman played linebacker for the Browns in the movie Draft Day. If you haven't seen that movie, you really should because Chadwick Boseman is just an incredible actor and may he rest in peace. All right. The other thing about the Marvel choices, obviously Captain America, it's like football is America's sport. Um, Captain America would have been an excellent choice. The reason I put Dr. Strange in there as an option is because he could literally turn back time. Any, mistake play anything like that you turn back time you know what's coming you adjust and i mean i just thought doctor strange would be a good choice to put out there so but i think any of those options if you had any marvel character on your team you're probably going to the super bowl and you're probably going to win <laughs> all right so the next question is from at ss fisher 87 that's steve fisher And his question is hilarious. It is, if Pete Carroll was a chip, which one would he be? I also put this one out to the Twitter poll universe, and you could choose between classic Lays, Cheetos, Fritos, or Funyuns. Again, so many other choices, but those are the four that I chose to put out there. And with 64% of the vote, classic Lays came out on top. I don't know if that's because it's a decent go-to, but it's a boring choice and it sticks to its classic ways. But that's my assumption is why you all chose the classic lays. Now I personally would have chose Cheetos because Pete Carroll leaves his dirty fingerprints on everything. And it's clear when he doesn't allow his offensive or defensive coordinators to run the game the way they want to. And let's be honest, Cheetos leave, you know, Cheeto dust on your fingers and it's super hard to get off. So that's, My selection is Cheetos, and I want to do a shout out to Ryan Hank for his reasoning on the selection of Fritos. He said it's because it's a good choice, but you realize there's better choices at the end, which is also a really funny answer. I want to thank you all for asking me these questions this week. I really look forward to this segment um, in coming weeks, and please continue to ask these great questions, as it's going to be fun to poll my Twitter friends out there and to see what your guys' thoughts are on some of these mailbag questions. All right, this leads us to the closing podcast remarks for the Pacific Northwest Showdown episode two. And I want to thank you all again for listening, and I hope you tune in next week. Remember to always take care of your heart and mind above all else. Until next time.